All I want is a proper cup of coffee made in a proper cup of coffee pot. I may be off my dot, but I want a proper coffee in a cup of coffee pot. Tin coffee pots and iron coffee pots, they're no use to me. If I can't have a proper cup of coffee in a proper cup of coffee pot, I'll have a cup of tea. Hello and welcome to episode 33 of the Stu and Al pod with me, Al. What the hell was that? Uh, well, Stu, the reason I've sang that about having a proper cup of coffee yes. in a proper cup of coffee pot yes. is because um, I've just moved into a new place. Stu, we're in there now, aren't we? Yep. We're in my front room. Yep. Um, on the road and, again. Yeah. Uh, and um, I couldn't have a proper cup of coffee for the right. first few days because I couldn't find my coffee machine. Fair. So I thought of that song because I couldn't have a proper cup of coffee in a proper cup of coffee pot. Even though I don't have a proper cup of coffee pot... I have an espresso machine. Oh, actually, and <laughs> guess where I've been this week? Uh, Afghanistan? No. <laughs> I visited the Jorvik Viking Centre, Al, in York. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, York. So it's called Jorvik Viking Centre because that's what the Vikings called York back then. Jorvik. Jorvik. So I learned quite a lot when I was there as well, Al. It's a very uh, educational visit. Yep. You didn't really go there. You didn't really go there. <laughs> It's just for the um, just, just for the, the podcast, joke. isn't just it? Just for the jokes. Just, just for, for the, just for the, just for the so, yeah, but hey, it's still just for the lols. Yeah, it's just for the lols. Oh, the ruffles. Yeah, just for the jokes. <laughs> no, but I really went there, but I didn't. But I did, though. But Hashtag. No, I really went there, but seriously, I didn't. But really, I did. But really? But seriously, I didn't. All right. Anyway, so when the uh, the Vikings out, they needed to uh, communicate long distance, you'd imagine, uh, at some point. Well, they'd be in their boats, haven't they, with their pointy helmets? Yes, but do you know, did you know, do you know how they used to communicate by long distance? Uh, shouting? No, nope, they used Norse code. Ah! Uh, to entertain their kids, do you know what they did there? Um, shout? No, they, they, uh, they read nursery rhymes. <laughs> Uh, apparently Scrabble was uh, big back in uh, those days. The, mm. the Scrabble champions were believed to go to Valhalla. Yep. <laughs> Many of the Vikings used to have uh, the buy old boats as they couldn't afford a new one. No, oh, that's good. I like yeah. that. And when the Vikings get very old, they're often sent to a nursing, nursing home. Nursing home, yep. yeah. No, 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 they never, yeah, they never afraid of death. No, as they. Uh, They'll finally believe they'll be Bjorn again. Oh, lovely stuff. Bit of Abba. Mm-hmm. Throw that in there. But the best part, though, I'll let, uh, through learning about their journeys on the uh, the seas, they were such good sailors. Yeah. As you as you think they would be. I mean, you can uh, you can lead a Norse to water, but you can't make them sink. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Lovely stuff. Hey, really lovely that, Stu. Anything else, Al? Well, still actually, um, this week I, I, I hate to tell you, Stu, but I think this might be my last podcast. And I'll, oh, tell, yeah. I'll tell you for why, because I've sent um, a tape to Radio 1. Is this real? Because I'm going home if it is. Yeah, I've sent a tape to Radio 1 because I think I could be one of their new young hip DJs, Stu. Young? Young hip DJs. Because we all know, Stu, young? that the DJs on Radio 1 are all in their 40s and I'm below that age. You're nearly there. I'm getting there. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But I've um, I've sent a tape off to Radio One because I think I could be one of their new hip young DJs. So I've got a, I've got the tape. I sent it on cassette because I think that's kind of what the kids use these days. Cassettes, isn't it? Probably. Yep. So here we go. All oh, right. Let's pass it to play, you. Dude. I'd right. like you to play it. I'm just going to play you my Radio One audition tape. They haven't asked for it. I've that's just sent it. Cassette player. Where's the cassette player? Oh, here's it. Okay. Click. Hey, what's up dudes and dudettes? Oh, no. DJ Al Dizzle here oh, with your top bants, and that's with a Z, oh, and uh, the wickedness, the wickedest pop hits for you. Oh. Coming up, we've got Pepsi and Shirley, Shawaddy Waddy and mm. Millie Vanilli. Mm-hmm. Plus, we'll be chatting with wacky politician John Major oh, about pogs, funky tunes, and uh, where he likes to get his shell suits from. How old is tape? Recent. Recent. Okay, carry on. Carry on, yeah. But let's get this party pumping with a new smash hit from Chaz and Dave. Oh, Rock on, Tommy! So, Stu, what do you reckon? Well, do you think they'll like that? Yeah, yeah. I can't see it going wrong. I mean, it? I'm not aiming for the breakfast show. No. You know? No. Um, or Greg just... James has got that. I don't think you're aiming for this decade either, are you? <laughs> <laughs> Well, to be honest, it's got to be better than Tony Blackburn. Ooh. 
Let's crack on, Steve. Yeah, top three, yeah? Let's move on to top three. Top three. On to top three then, thank God. Uh, so, each week, or each episode, I should say. I always get that wrong. Shabba. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, me and I always pick a subject, uh, or usually pick a subject, to tell you our top three things about that. This, this episode... We let Chris do it from the last episode, who guest presented. He chose top three comedy films. Um, this was a hard one, wasn't it? It really was. I've picked really was. three, two of which I've seen in the last two weeks. I watched one yesterday. Um, I got it down to the top ten. So there's seven honourable mentions. Oh, bloody hell, Stu. You fucking you fuck what, mate? <laughs> Uh, it's very tough out. I'm going to start it off now on my number three. Go for it. Which was number two yesterday. Yep. Then it became number three again. Then it was number two, two again this morning. And then it was number three again on the train. It's, it's chopping and changing. It's probably going to be cha- I'm probably going to change my ni- mind later on today as well. But number three... Was? <laughs> Wait for oh, it, listeners. Oh, God. <laughs> He's not got it. Number three is Ghostbusters. Oh, oh. who are you gonna bloody call, mate? It's nearly like an equal second place. It's 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 fractional. 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 I watched it last night on Netflix. What fraction are we talking? Like fifty-two forty-eight. So the the numerator is larger than the denominator. So you well. <laughs> <laughs> it's so close between these third and second. Mm-hmm. It really is. Um, so the film's about pre. Parapsychology professors at Columbia University. I'm Nerds! Sure you know. Did he investigate the paranormal? Uh, they eventually get their funding cut by some knobhead. So, Ray, Egon, and Peter, they go on to form the team Ghostbusters, a paranormal yeah. investigation and elimination service uh, operating out of a de- disused firehouse. You don't hear of many people called Egon anymore. No, you don't. The best part, to be fair, all one of Peter the best times when, when he's introduced, when uh, Bill Murray's introducing the uh, the Ghostbusters to the the bloke at the hotel, Doctor, I'm Doctor Venkman. This is Doctor Stance, and Egon. Yeah. <laughs> Do you remember Stu? Um, just and uh, just a, a little side note here. Do you remember when you used to wee in the same toilet as somebody else? Like you used to do it when you were like kids. Cross and the stuff. streams. And don't cross the streams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did that. If you're, a la- if you're a bloke, then you'll uh, yeah, realise Sorry for the ladies. We'll, uh, we'll get something back in for you later. But no, I mean, I have special affection for this film. I loved it as a child. I had all the figures, the car, I watched the animated TV series, had the game on the Commodore 64. Did you have the Did you have the Ghostbusters house? I didn't have the house. I had that. And you used to put slime down the top of it and you used to drip through it. Oh, it's fucking brilliant, Steve. Nice. I, had, I got that for Christmas one year. No, I had all the figures. I had the car, mm-hmm. like the... Ecto-1. Proton pack, something yeah. like that. I think I you used to be able to get a proton pack that you could one. wear. I, don't, yeah, I never, had, I never no, knew anyone who had one. I'll tell you what, if we ever did... Like I a, had the trap, though. I had the trap. I used to throw it on the ground. If we ever, if I ever go to a Halloween party again, I think I'm going to go as a Ghostbuster. Well, we'll, we'll both go. I'm going to go as Peter. Bagsy Peter. No, I'm Peter. I'm calling you. All right, well, I'll go as... Uh, I'll go as Melissa McCarthy from the new one. <laughs> no, so as a child, I loved oh, the, um, the special effects and the gadgets and the ghosts, but watching it as an adult... You were uh, scared. Pretty much the same thing as the dialogue, but I can appreciate the humour a lot more. Some of the jokes that I didn't pick up on as a child, which I do later on. In the, in the year? Yeah, and it was... Uh, oh, especially the, uh, the oddball humour from Bill Murray and all the one-liners. Plus the theme tune being a banger as well. Ghostbusters. A few facts though. I mean, get your uh, get, get your facts right. Get your mind about this. Get your facts machine. So, original choice to play Winston Zedmore, Eddie Murphy. Oh, yes. could see that, yeah. Uh, but he had to drop out because he got the lead in Beverly Hills Cop. When he left oh, the yeah, role, the script was rewritten and Winston only half appeared in the film, halfway through with uh, okay. Eddie Hines. Imagine that though, with Eddie Murphy and what it would have been like. Yeah, I think he would have been good. Oh, can you imagine? I think he would have bought because I, I wouldn't necessarily so the Winston, the Winston I wouldn't necessarily when Andy Murphy was in frame. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily then... say that Winston was a particularly funny character. Mm-mm. It was more Peter was the funny character. But if you'd had Andy Murphy, there'd well, be the more original, comedy on that. The original part. script had a lot more of Winston backstory and stuff like that. But when yeah. he, when he vacated the role or when Andy Hudson came in, 
it was just no yeah no you're so, looking forward to the new um, Ghostbusters oh yes I yeah. saw the trailer did play what right Stu before we continue what do you think of the Ghostbusters that was done by Christian Wig and um, Melissa McCarthy and thing? I can't comment on it see I didn't hate it I thought I saw it after people were saying it was really shit and I was watching it I was thinking but then I love Christian Wig Stu yeah so true. whatever she's in all I'm of not them going to the, I find um, could have done with Ellie Kemper no 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 <laughs> Could um, what? Let me get her name. Melissa McCarthy. No, the other one. Oh, the blonde woman. Kate McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. See, I've always thought Kate McKinnon's funnier than Kristen Wiig. No, sorry. Kate McKinnon's hilarious. She is hilarious. She's absolutely brilliant. That the, the whole the female cast in that was absolutely brilliant. Well, I've not seen it, so I can't comment. But have you not seen it? No. Oh, you've got to watch it. But Kate McKinnon. No, I'm a very big fan of Kate yeah. McKinnon. Fair enough. Um, Harold Ramis uh, only planned to write the movie before deciding to play Egon as he thought he would be best suited for the role. And instead of who? What? Um, Dolph Lundrum? <laughs> <laughs> no, apparently in line for the role was... Um, Paul Dinan. Paul Daniels? No, it was... Uh, Paul Burrell. Let me get the name, let me get the name, let me get it. Oh, Lenny Henry, that was it. Yeah. <laughs> And he, most of it was televised in a premiere in. Dan Aykroyd was the original name for the. Oh yeah, Dan Aykroyd. Dan Aykroyd. The, he had to revealed that the original name for the movie was Ghost Smashers. Well, that's shit, isn't it? So they didn't go with that. Originally, it was about meant to be him and James Belushi. And James um, Blunt and James Corden. But he was unavailable because you know he died. Yep. Um, yeah. Do you ever watch the cartoon The Real Ghostbusters? That yes, was quite yes, good, yes. Watch that. Bit different. Growing up. Um, if you can hear any creaking sounds, there's there's one there. It's because we are um, because I haven't got a table table and chairs in my uh, new apartment. We are on a camping table and chair. It all folds out. It's quite good though, isn't it, Stu? It's a bit uncomfortable. It's not the greatest of comfort, mm. but you know it works all right. And also, if you can have, have hear any outside noise, because I've got my. Um, what are they called? French doors? Open. Balcony, balcony, balcony doors are balcony open. Balcony doors are open. There's yeah. people outside. So I do apologize. So I'll go with nine number three now, Stu. Yeah. Now, look, thinking about those ladies from the last, uh, from the Ghostbusters, don't look at my I've just seen notes. Jackie D on the back of your pad. <laughs> that was the last episode. All oh, right. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to go with Bridesmaids. Ah, very good film. Now, this is... Oh, my God. The scene, the scene in Bridesmaids where they're trying on the, uh, the dresses mm. and they've been food poisoned. I, I cried watching that bit. Now, Bridesmaids is so one of my favourite ever comedies. Um, Don't look at me. It's got Kristen Wiig and Maya Rudolph and um, Melissa McCarthy. It was written by Kristen Wiig oh, and brilliant. somebody else. I cannot remember who it was. Um, but I just find it absolutely hilarious. It's got Chris O'Dowd as well in from the IT crowd. John Hamm as well. John Hamm's in it. It's a very, very funny film. It's the only film out of the three, Stu, that I have not watched within the last two weeks. Um, so it, 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 the basic plot of the film is a competition competition between a maid of honour and, and a bridesmaid over who is the best friend of the bride. Um, I'll give you some facts about it, Stu. Just one sec, Al. Yeah. The writer you're looking for was Annie Mumolo. Annie Mumolo, that's it. Um, it took, uh, there was two weeks of improvising before the, uh, the filming, and a lot of that has been incorporated into the film. It was Christian Wiggs' first leading role. And it was the first Judd Apatow production to receive an Oscar nomination. Really? Now, I... For what? I don't, I don't know what the Oscar nomination was for. I absolutely adore this film. I just think it's so funny. There's bits that will make you laugh. There's a bit that will make you cry. You'll stick a needle in your eye and all that jazz. But it is great film in its day. It's oh, just it. absolutely it's hilarious. So good. So funny. There's a bit where one of the one of the bit where Kristen Wiig's trying to get Chris O'Dowd's attention, so she's trying to break the law. So she's pretending to drive with like with her shirt off, or she pretends to drink, or she ducks down and says, "Oh, that car's driving itself." And I just I find it absolutely hilarious. It's such a good film. It's a yeah. film I've not seen for a while, so I'm, I am going to revisit it soon. Uh, but, watch it later. It's on Netflix. Yeah, Bridesmaids. My number three, Stu. Let's go with your number two. Number two, I picked Three Amigos. We are the three amigos. Stu, me and you used to do the three amigos dance at school, didn't we? Huh, huh. That's yeah. we've just done the dance there for you. 
listeners. We'll, uh, we'll film it later for the trailer. We could do. <clears throat> no, I mean, this film was class. We used to sing the songs at school. Yeah. Even though I think we were the only two people at school that knew what we were on about. Well, well. we're the only cool kids. <laughs> fair, 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 fair. Because this must have been primary school at the time, right? Or not? Uh, I think I, I remember you said it No, secondary eight. school. So, yeah. All right, so... Three Amigos, the story of three out-work, out-silent actors. Lucky Day, uh, Steve Martin, Dusty Bottoms, Chevy Chase, Ned Nederlander. You know what Nederlander translates to Dutchman in Dutch? That reminds me, I've got a Dusty Bottom. Aha. <laughs> uh, Ned Nederlander, Martin Short, who accepted a job in Mexico to perform with the infamous El Guapo. Unfortunately, they think Infamous is, like, very famous. Oh, yeah, bloody hell. Like, uh, inflammable. They're, they're unaware that he's actually the leader of an uh, an evil, an infamous gang, if you will, as well. Um, so they're all bloody infamous in this so group. They like, basically play out their usual silent movies for real this time. Yep. So many highlights in this film. Um, so many highlights. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Why I said that. Sorry. Uh, My little buttercup. Yeah. The oh, yeah My little buttercup has the sweetest smile. Doo -doo 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 -doo. I put that as the uh, ending music. Yeah, definitely. Uh, they're crying when they realise it's real. They get shot in the arm. Mm -hmm. uh, the singing bush. More on that later. Look up here. Look up here. Look up here. Look up here. The opening song as well. The three amigos when they're like riding in. If you've not seen this film, I urge you to do to do so. I mean, it's so. Steve funny. Martin at his best. That and like second best that time. His second best film, I'd say. His second best film. Is you is his first best film? Your number one. Yes. Right. Let's not talk it's, about it. It's it's really good. It, it pokes fun at the old time um, silent movie era, and it pokes fun at Hollywood as well. If you've not seen it, you really should. It's, you really should it's on see Netflix it. in the UK at the moment for our UK listeners. Net bloody flick. I imagine the US listeners will have that there as well. Um, it's so it's really 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 good. I mean, yeah. some uh, some facts about the film I didn't know about until this morning, but Steven Spielberg was in line to direct this, uh, but chose to do in ET e instead. Oh bloody! Um, hey, hey, bloody yeah. <laughs> It's a uh, well. I think it's it's a good job that he he did because the the casting I thought was perfect. Yeah. But the original lineup that he thought of, Steve Martin was still in line to play Lucky Day, but Bill Murray for Dusty Bottoms, which could have been mm -hmm. good. Uh, Robin Williams was uh, in line for Ned Nederlander. Bloody well. hell! Big names. They were very good choices, but I think these three were perfect in the role. Yes, um, that's two films you bought with um, castings that could have changed the film yeah, quite significantly, I mean, really. I can't fault the three movies no. at all. So. Who's the other guys in it then? Is it Chevy Chase? Chevy Chase and Martin Short. Martin Short, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I mean, those two like subs would have, would have been good, but I mean, I, I literally can't fault this film at all. There's, there's nothing no. I would change. If I was offered to like remake the whole film, I'd just leave it completely as it yeah. was. So you wouldn't remake it, technically? No, I wouldn't. I just said, just, just play it again. Just play it again, Sam. Um, there's some some facts about the film. The voice of the singing Bush was performed by Randy Newman. How about that? Randy Newman. Like, obviously changed the pitch and things like that. Yeah. Uh, it's the first film together for Steve Martin and Martin Short. Oh. They later um, Shorty two, one, combine two. again in Father the Bride. Father Ted. Yep. Uh, and... Uh, Oh yeah, the the Steve Spielberg thing. So that's my three facts. It's it's so funny. It, it nearly became my number one, um, but there's another film I had in mind with Steve Martin, which you'll like, learn about in a few moments. So my but, number two, Stu, is a film that I watched in the actually I think I watched about three night three days ago, and that's the reason it's combined to is um, Alpha Papa and the Alan Partridge film. Yeah, Stop looking at my notes. I'm not looking at now. There's a lot of TV shows that they turn into movies. Uh, as this, is in my, um, this is in my... Uh, Honourable mentions. Yeah. So there's obviously things like the David Brent film, which people hate. But again, I watched that the other day and I don't hate it. I don't mind it. What? The, the David Brent film. I, I don't hate it. it. I've not seen it. Um, there's a lot of TV shows that do get made into films and they, they say it doesn't really work. But I think Alpha Papa really worked because it was quite subtle. There wasn't too much to it. Um, so Alpha Papa in 2013, Stu. So bloody hell, it's like, hey, yeah, eight years ago. 
Crazy. That long? Yeah. Obviously Jeez. starred Steve Coogan as Alan Partridge, Tim Key as Ugh. Sidekick Simon, and Felicity, Felicity Montague as Lynn. 2013. I know, it's crazy. So I've got some... Uh, it, it Basically, Alan Partridge's radio station is taken over, um, and they sack the veteran DJ Pat Farrell, who then takes all of the uh, people hostage um, because he wants his job back, and then him and Alan end up broadcasting on li uh, live radio. And uh, comedy ensues. So I've got some uh, facts for you, Stu. A deleted scene was filmed where it was all Alan's vision and none of it was real. But they decided to scrap that because it was kind of a bit silly in the end. Huh. Um, also, Eddie Large from Little and Large makes a cameo in the film. Does he? When Alan Partridge is out and he's talking to the police, he's one of the crowd members. And I read no about way. this before I re-watched it <coughs> and looked out for him. I was like, oh yeah, there he is. See him, yeah. Yep. And also, when Lynn visits Alan in his shed at the start of the film, it is obvious that Alan is watching pornography because in his glasses you see a massive pair of boobs. Uh -huh, no which is really quite and he keeps talking about how he's talking about um, I think it's ospreys and he's talking about like birds and stuff like that and he's actually looking at a big pair of tits <laughs> good old Alan which Stu's got glasses on now and I can see that he's doing that as well <laughs> that's correct but the tits he's looking at are Tony Blair and tits I'm looking at yours <laughs> put them away so I just I just think Alpha Papa was such a good it was a good film. It didn't tarnish the reputation of Alan Partridge, which I think a lot of people think the David Brent film did. Mm. Because Alan Partridge has then gone on from that to do other things. He's got his new TV show. Um, RDM. He did his... He, he did, I, I don't know if it was after his first autobiography and then he did Nomad after that. But I don't think it ever tarnished his reputation. I think he's always carried on and he's still the same Alan Partridge. That I like the remember. film. The film I think it's very good. Yeah. I think it's funny. It sticks with the same brand as Alan Partridge. And I think, to be honest, it's the best TV to film adaption I've seen. And I just think it's hilarious. It's, it's funny. very funny. Okay, that's, that's my number two. So, Stu, let's head to your number uno. Okay, so number one I've got for planes, trains and automobiles. You know what? You know what it is? Yeah, I have. Yeah, I do know. Uh, I mean, what can I say? I like Steve Martin. This time he pairs up with John Candy. So There's a man that struggles to get home for Thanksgiving uh, with the uh, lovable oaf, John Candy, for company. The pairing of Steve Martin and John Candy in this was perfect. Um, they work very well together. Bouncing off each other. And Have you ever seen it? Yep. It's a great film. Great film. Great film. There is a scene. This is the scene I wanted to play you earlier. Oh you yeah. Let me because you didn't want to let me ruin um, it for you in the pub. But the one way he tries to buy that fucking car on a fucking car, fucking now. Yeah. It's for language. This is the scene. I mean, you have to see it for yourself if you've not seen it because it, it really is. This must be the funniest one I've ever seen. Um, it really is so good. The perfect balance before between the two throughout is like incredible. Uh, a few facts about the film. John Hughes wrote the first draft in three days. Holy hell. Um, usually in John Hughes films, he'd, he'd write the first draft between three and five days, then there'd be like a lot of rewrites. To do what, like, you know, got to get it right. Yeah. Um, the exterior of the rental car was designed to resemble the Gr Griswold station wagon in the National Lampoon Vacation movies. Okay. Remember them? Uh... Original casting, this is an interesting one. Tom Hanks and John Travolta were the original choices for the roles. Okay. I think we did better without them. Maybe a bit younger than them, wasn't they, at the time? No, I mean, these, I mean this, this film in this. I mean, John Candy, like, such a fucking huge loss yeah. uh, when he went. But um, I think Steve Martin described John Candy as the character in this film. Like, he was lovable. Huggable. Lovable, huggable. Good to be around, but like... Druggable. Broken-hearted inside. You yeah. see it, kind of thing. In blood, it's our bloody heart, I mean, ain't it? If, you, if you've never seen this film, Planes, Trains and Automobiles, I urge you to really watch this. It's, it's one of the best films. It's, it's the funniest film I've ever seen. One of the... One of my favourite films ever. Um, you, and that's it. If you ever need a laugh, just honestly... Search that down. It must be on some sort of streaming site by now. I think it's on Netflix. I'm not sure, but it's it's 
easily number one for me. So brilliant. Well, thanks, Stu. So my number one is, and I think I might have skipped over this film if I hadn't seen it last week. So my number one, Stu, is Dumb and Dumber. Now, Dumb and Dumber, if you've, ah, if yes. you've not seen it, is a 1994 film starring Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels. It's in my honourable mentions. It's about a woman uh, that, loses, that leaves her briefcase uh, for someone at the airport, and Jim Carrey sees it, goes and picks it up, and then him and Jim Daniels <coughs> take a... Jeff. Com- Jeff Daniels, Jim Daniels, Jeff Daniels, <laughs> Paul Daniels, um, they take a comedic trip to Aspen to re-deliver this briefcase and they are tracked by some people who are after that briefcase because it's fun of money. Now, Stu, I have got some facts for you about this which I think are quite interesting. The most annoying sound in the in the world scene, do you remember that? Yeah. Where he says, hey, do you know what I know the most annoying sound in the world? <laughs> Just that noise. That wasn't scripted. And you can tell if you watch... Um, if you watch Jeff Daniels' reaction, you can tell it's not scripted. Oh. It wasn't a scripted thing. Um, also, Daniels, uh, Jeff Daniels wasn't wanted by the Farrelly brothers, but Jim Carrey wanted him. Um, hence, actually, the Farrelly brothers only offer him $50,000 to star in the film, which they thought he wouldn't take. Jeff Daniels' agent said it would be a career killer, but he took it anyway. And, you know, look what it led to. There's many bits as well. There's a bit where Jim Carrey goes into the... He's leaving the bar and he looks at a poster, like a framed picture of the moon landing, and he goes, We landed on the moon! Yeah! Ad-libbed. That is ad-libbed as well. Completely ad-libbed. And also, Jim Carrey and Lauren Holly, the female actress in it, they married um, after the picture, um, but were divorced after a year. So, I just... I love... Dumb and Dumber. And when I watched it... I imagine a lot of that was ad-libbed. There's a few... Yeah. Um, apparently, Ghostbusters the same as well. Like, most of the um, script are just like... The, it was guidance. It seems like a lot Bill, of comedy Bill, films, they do Bill that. Bill Morris was like, just like, you know... Yeah. Like, U, UBU kind of thing. And then... But I think with Dumb and Dumber, it was one of those films where... I hadn't seen it for ages, and then I rewatched it, and I was like, "This is brilliant! It it's is so it is. funny! It is class!" And it, it you I know, it, it. it's absolutely brilliant. Um, but yeah, that's my number one. So, Stu, what about social media? Who's who's had a fucking go on social media? Mm, we've had a lot. Uh, we'll start with Chris Comrath because he was a bit upset we didn't last time. Mm-hmm. Even though it's usually regular Gav. Yeah, I know. Oh, never mind, okay. So, um, Chris Conrad, he went for Young Frankenstein, The Producers, and Trading Places. Oh, yeah. Trading Places is great. Bless you. you. <laughs> Sorry, someone's just sneezed I really outside. Hope that, I really hope that got picked up there. <laughs> uh, regular Gab, Grand Budapest Hotel, What We Do in the Shadows, and Zoolander, Honourable Mention for Zoolander's Pineapple. Zoolander's great. It is. Honourable Mention for Pineapple Express. Yeah, uh, Mrs. Regular Gab, who's becoming a regular feature she now. Is, isn't well. she? I bet she don't listen though. All right, I hope you do. Go hello, get a listener. If you do, if you do, hello, Mrs. Regular Gab. If you don't, we're not reading out your choices from now on. We are. Yeah, we will. We will. Uh, so she's gone for Tropic Thunder, Bridesmaids, yeah. and yes. In the Loop, and the honourable mention for see. Suicide Squad, which she downloaded illegally. What the new? Oh, the new one. Okay, no, the old the, one is the, shit. Yeah, the, the old one is very bad, but the new one is supposed to be very, very funny. Uh, they went. They they managed to get a copy of that. Saw it, and it was very funny. Apparently, so, if if any authorities tune. are listening, that's regular Gavin's um, yep. wife. They, they live have... in Yemen. That's <laughs> Yemen. Uh, I'm going to Yemen. So I'm going to Yemen. That's you, Chandler from Friends. There, yeah, for you, Steve. We know. You can, <laughs> we fi- know. You can find them there. Uh, our last week's guest, Chris Williams, who picked this um, subject, he's come for uh, airplane. Blazing Saddles and the Naked Gun. Blazing Squad. See you when you get there, no. get no, no, there. No, okay. no, no, no. No, no, Why? Take that man's gene. <laughs> Alex, we're going to go for your sister now. Yep. Clueless. Yes. Dumb and Dumber. Yes. Like you. And Edward Scissorhands. How is Edward Scissorhands a comedy? There's, there's some funny bits. Oh, there. come on, Vic. Get on it. I know. There's two good choices there. Frankie! He has gone for Airplane, yep. Naked Gun, yes. Clue, Honourable Mention to Ghostbusters because he really wanted to include that, it's fair enough. 
Clue is the feature of his latest episode where he combines that with Knives Out. Oh, Silver Screen, give it a listen. guys. If you want to like catch that on Spotify, iTunes, and all your usual social media platforms, it's a very good podcast. Yeah, very good. Go check it out. Next, KTR, Mean Girls. Yep. Ferris Bueller. Yes. National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yep, good choices. Three solid choices there. Uh, KTG. The other Katie. Ace Ventura, when nature, when nature Calls. Yep. Alan Partridge, Alpha Papa. Good choice. Airplane. Yep. Honorable mention for Predator. No, it's not, not a, a comedy. comedy. Not a comedy. It's, it's a... You know what? Predator makes me cry because I realise that those people aren't going home to their families. <laughs> okay, fine. She also has a lot more honourable mentions and uh, they're worth a minute because they're very good films. Bill and Ted 1 and 2, mm-hmm. Ghostbusters 1 and 2, Friday, Uncle Book, which yeah. is fucking best. Uncle Book has one of the best lines uh, ever when he goes to visit the principal. Who has the giant mole? Oh, he gets his knob out. No, he doesn't. Right. He doesn't get his knob out. I will post the link on our Twitter page uh, after this episode is aired. It's one of the best scenes. It's one of the best. It's not where he gets his knob out. One of my no, he never gets his knob. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's one of the, like my favourite um, scenes with John Candy, and this scene is like. Do you think most incredible. comedy films would be improved if someone got their knob out? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> She's also picked Dumb and Dumber's what uh, films. What what and the Big Lebowski. Thank you, Katie. Stay. Wait one second. No. Uh, Brenda Ultron is picked for Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. No surprise there, because he's such a massive fan. Office Space and Planes, Trains and Automobiles. Yeah. I watched Office Space recently. Very good. And new to the show, Chloe Hood. My cousin. Hudson. Uh, no, Chloe Hood. Yeah, Hudson. No, Hood. The Hudson River. Mm, okay. Uh, she's gone for Hot Fuzz. The Hangover Trilogy. Oh my god. And Bridesmaids as well. Yes, so thank you. Enough. Well, yeah, two good um, Oh, and uh, Kimbo, who I, my mother. Kimbo Slice. No, my mother. Yep. Right. Uh, I forgot her last week with her puddings. Uh, apologies there, Kim. My mum. Mum. Apologies, mum. Apologies, mummy. She did pick her Black Forest Gatto. Oh, good some, choice. Some, uh, some sort of crumble. There was, it nah. seemed nice. There was a crumble in there. It was good. Crumble, anyway, crumble. Um, she's picked Carry On Cruising, Carry mm-hmm. On Doctor, Carry On Abroad. Oh, you She might... loves the Carry On. Oh, your mum likes the bawdy comedy. She does, yes. <laughs> she also likes Doris Day. Could have picked someone else. Yeah. Uh, never mind. Doris. Um, I think we've done everyone. Send that to a bishop. Thank you. Okay, brilliant. Well, thank you, Stu. So... We are going to go with... Next uh, Next top three will be top three British film directors as suggested by Chris Comrath. So um, we are, yep. Okay, so if you would like to contribute to that and tell us your top three British film directors, why not get in contact? We are stewandowlpod at gmail.com or on Twitter and Instagram at stewandowlpod. So that was top three. And now it is time for 90s Corner. Nineties corner. Nineties corner. So nineties corner has changed slightly from the last episode. In this episode, we have asked for your favourite film from the year nineteen ninety. And what will happen is me and Stu will discuss our favourite film, and then we'll take the listeners' two favourite films, and we will put them in a Twitter poll of four films and we'll see which one comes out on top and that will get swept into 90s corner so Stu, why don't you tell me what your favorite 1990 film is good fellas ah shit a brick yeah tell us about it well it <laughs> is the best ever mafia movie ever made in my mm-hmm. opinion um better than the godfather have you offered him an offer he can't refuse? Of what? Have you made him an offer he can't refuse? Well, it's not make anyone an offer or anything. Yeah, you made no one an offer, mate. I mean, oh, God, no. I don't think it's better than The Godfather, no. But this is a 1990 choice. I don't think there's any other films better than this in 1990. There's a lot of strong choices to choose from. I think I made the right decision. I'm happy with it. So, this is my favourite Mafia film. 
I prefer it to The Godfather mm. and The Godfather. I think it is absolutely phenomenal. And it was very nearly my choice. The only reason I haven't chose it is because I, I knew you were going to choose it. Word. So I have chosen something different. A film that I absolutely love from 1990. And I am going to choose Arachnophobia. <laughs> now, Arachnophobia is about a species of South American spider that uh, they hatch a lift in a coffin and start to breed and kill in America. Stars Jeff Daniels and, Jeff, uh, and John Goodman. It's a great... Have you seen it, Stu? Yeah, it's great. I love Arachnophobia. It, it's my second favourite film of 1990. But the reason I've chosen this, obviously, is because you've chosen the film that I wanted to choose. Uh, I've got a couple of facts for you, Stu. Spider safety on the set was paramount, which included when John Goodman sprays and steps on a spider they sprayed a fake spider and when he stood on the spider it was a real spider but he used hollow and hollowed out boot so he wouldn't injure the spider oh, yeah imagine and if he like slipped a bit though yeah and then killed it he's pretty it, heavy he? isn't he john goodman was apparently one of the only members of cast that wasn't scared of spiders and didn't wasn't like a little bit frightened I, when any I'm spiders not scared of spiders I always pick them off at work I'm not but if a fucking massive out. tarantula was in my house I would be a little bit frightened um, also the, um, the spiders that were used um, that were dead were chosen because they were died of natural causes um, and not ones that they killed themselves which I thought was quite good so they were they were paramount to animal safety and insect safety is it on dead? Is, it dead? is it dead yep we can use it in the film get it in the film um, I love Arachnophobia. I think it's a great film. I've not mm. seen it for ages. I still think it's not as good as your choice, but you know, no, it's nowhere near that's as good the way choice. it is. <laughs> so that is our two choices, and now what we're going to do, Stu, is go to social media to see what the other two we are going to select for the poll. So okay, yeah, so um, right, uh, Chris Comrath picked Goodfellas as well. Yeah, uh, Brenda Tran picks Home Alone. Yep. Chris Conroy's honourable mentions Misery, Tremors, Total Recall, Jacob's Ladder, The Grifters, Miller's Crossing, Arachnophobia again, Home Alone, Flatliners, King New York, Rocky Five. Yep. Keza G, Die Hard Two, Dances with Wolves, and Frank Mendoza, Misery. So I, I think Stu I think so for the poll we're gonna put on our Home Alone two choices, Home, Home Alone go in there. and Misery. Misery, okay, yep, so the four choices that you'll have to vote for on Twitter will be Arachnophobia, Misery, Home Alone, and Goodfellas. And we will see which one gets swept into 90's Corner. So that was this week's choice. So for next episode, what we want to know is, Stu, what do we want to know next week? We want to know your favourite... Uh, single? Favourite single from 1990. So, not a single person, not like George Clooney or Mahatma Gandhi. We want to know your favourite song from the nineteen from 1990 that we're going to discuss on the next episode. So, that was 90s Corner. Right, still to come. Uh, I take a trip down the Bag of Nails. I also share with you a bit of news, sport, travel, business, weather... Uh, Mike Reed still to come with a few top tips. Alex is going to sign off the show with something very secretive so far. Uh, but for now, we need to take an advertisement break. For subpar comedy and poor impressions, it's time for Al's Radio 4 has always been at the forefront of bringing interviews to you. So on this uh, special we have got conversations with the UK's oldest woman, Edna Coffin Dodger. We discuss... <laughs> we discuss her, what it was like to be in World War Two. Well, it, uh, it began on a Tuesday, and uh, Margaret from number 37, she bought a Battenberg cake over, of course, but the... A Battenberg always goes straight through me and gives me violent diarrhoea. So nice, the nice. rest of that day was spent uh, on the toilet having a big old poo. But that was, you know, that was uh, that was how it was. How do you do Um It started on a Tuesday, did it? <laughs> Is this World War Two starting on a, on a Tuesday? 
We, we also can... discussed right. With... Okay. <laughs> we also discussed with Edna modern culture. Well, it was a Thursday when uh, Ada, Edna, she uh, slipped in the precinct and she showed the security guard her giblets uh, because she hadn't got a proper pair of knickers on. Right. But uh, I was at the Morrison's and I was trying to get myself some yogurts at half price, but they wouldn't let me use a voucher that I had. So I, t- I complained to the manager, of course, and then uh, they actually honoured the voucher, even though it was a one day out of date. We'll also be discussing with Edna. Edna's a cunt. <laughs> what it's like to be the UK's oldest woman. Oh, so on the Friday, uh, I, I went into town and I told the butcher that uh, I wanted two pa- two ounces of mince and not the three that he'd given me the week before. Uh, and he said to me that they don't do actually uh, mince in, va- in ounces, they do it in pounds and kilograms. So we had a bit of a to-do and then I met my friend, uh, my friend, my friend Cece at the cafe for a a cup of tea and a slice of cake and that's what we sort of did. Good old Cece. So join us this autumn for interesting conversations with the UK's oldest woman. This autumn, only on Radio 4. And now it's time for the news. Hey Stu. Yo. Why don't you tell the listeners the headline? It's very uh, weird this episode. It's the first one I've done in glasses as well. You are. It's four eyes. Brilliant. Even though I wear glasses sometimes. So, <laughs> uh, here are your headlines, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> right. The headlines then. You done? Yeah. Thank you. Fran Healy puts on 150 pounds again, saying, why does it always gain on me? <laughs> oh, very good. I love it. Travis. Damien Rice comes fourth in the Olympic diving event with his cannonball. <laughs> and Extreme open a special falconry centre, calling it More Than Birds. <laughs> More Than Birds is all I have to do to make it to extreme then you wouldn't have to, to say, say that you love me cause I already know uh, we ah. should uh, still let's go on Britain's Got Talent that's pretty good isn't it okay if you would like us to go on Britain's Got Talent please just well, put the hashtag Britain's Got Talent into a tweet to us if you could thank you very much okay Stu carry on <laughs> Yeah. All right. Story number one. Story number one. A cocktail bar has beaten hundreds of entries, including a bra-fitting boutique and a fairytale castle, to win Shed of the Year. Social media influencer Danielle Zob Cousins' 1970s-inspired cocktail bar was chosen over 300 entries, the highest number of entries the competition has ever seen. Named the creme de mint, the nice. shed is painted mint green and is complete with a retro bar area, seating and a bright orange interior. The 29-year-old from Southland-on-Sea in Essex transformed her old rundown brown shed after splitting with her fiancé, former Love Island star Johnny Mitchell. Bloody hell! Yeah. Uh, she said the project became a focus in a time of chaos, quote, and the shed became a place she could, quote, go and write and not be disturbed, unquote, after moving back in with her parents during lockdown. The contest included seven other categories, including the Best Cabin, Best Summer House Award, uh, a Budget Category, and the Nature's Haven Award. Joanna von Blomstein from Faversham in Kent won the Cabin Summer House category for a bra-fitting boutique, which she used to help women who have undergone surgery. The 33-year-old said, Lots of people don't really enjoy bra fittings. It can be quite overwhelming or quite daunting. I just wanted to make it a lovely, relaxing, stress-free place. Gotta be, yeah. Nice. Uh, a special lockdown prize was won by Mark Campbell from Derbyshire for his fairy tale inspired castle he created for his granddaughter. The 60-year-old said of the two-story 12-foot pine creation, It's amazing what you can do with a bit of enthusiasm. 
Oh, that's yeah, nice. nice. Uh, Ali Scott produced the best workshop after turning her shed into a space to pursue her dream of becoming an artist and sign writer after the death of her mother last year. Oh. She said, this shed has changed my life. I was a mess after her mother died, but this has given me back a buzz. So, That's the real story. Is that the real story? <laughs> or, Suggs has launched his own boat for boat tour service around London. Made up. Uh, oh, we don't know yet. We don't know. So, are the sheds real or is this? We don't know. We don't know. Shed Seven. Remember them? So, Suggs has named this the House of Fun Tours due to the in house entertainment on board where the boat opens up a bar and casino at night. Suggs said, I got the idea on a night boat to Cairo. I said to myself, what if I did the uh, this around my hometown of London? Show the sights of my love for London. I mean, it must be love. <laughs> Lived there all my life and there ain't nothing better. I ran it by the wife. Yep. There we were, me and my girl. Yeah. My girl's run to me. <laughs> uh, there we were, me and my girl, driving in my car. Yeah. <laughs> she, she loved it and so I went for it. I mean, now let me tell you, if you were a bed and breakfast man, <laughs> yep. yeah, this ain't for you. But uh, let me tell you, these tours are second to none. Once you take one step beyond oh, the God. pier and onto the uh, boat. <laughs> uh, now, please don't wear any baggy trousers. <laughs> smart dress code on this side. Uh, you know? So uh, we are, we are a, uh, you know, we, we love our house. <laughs> You'll never, uh, you never look at London the same again. The sun and the rain. <laughs> So, was there really a Shed of the Year contest this year, or did Suggs uh, make a boat casino? Well, I have heard about the Shed of the Year competition before, so I would say that the Shed of the Year competition story is the real story. Correct. Excellent. You get the Suggs thing was made up. As, um, I think we might have to change this in the news. No, I like it. You're never going like, to not get it right. I know, but that's the, I think that's the point of it. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, you want a bit of sport? Um, I could take a little bit of sport if yeah. you've got a tiny bit. Good, because next year's Grand National could see cows replace horses. Bloody hell. Uh, betting firms have called the idea utterly ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> Move on. <laughs> That's literally my next line. Move. <laughs> Sorry. Moving on. In travel, uh, their plans to attend this year's Burning Man Festival have been cancelled uh, due to a new no-smoking law oh. in the state of wherever it is. Yeah. Well, you know what to say, there's no smoke without that fire. fire. Yeah, true. Bit of business for you. Yep. Carlisle United are to ground share with the Rugby League side Newcastle Thunder for next season. Uh, the stadium is to be rebranded as the C-U-N-T Arena next year. <laughs> I love that. That smells cunt. Yeah. And the weather is going to be prickly. Oh, didgeridoos. <laughs> That's all for the news, bros. Well, thank you, Stu. That was in the news. We were one of those next episode. But now it is time to move on to Bustermine. Mastermind. Such a very fond subject for us now. It's very, very close. It's 9-8 to Alex at the moment. Uh, this week, our subjects were chosen by last week's guest presenter, Chris Williams. Yeah. Uh, I have got Minsk, yeah. the, um, the city, and Alex has got Mormons. The bloody Mormons. So, um, do you want me to ask you first? Go or? for it, yeah, yeah, go for it, just go for it. Okay, so, Al, yeah. your questions on the Mormons are as follows. Question one. Oh, pardon me. The year the Book of Mormon was published? 1840. Wrong, it was 1830. Ah. Question two. The movement started by Joseph Smith? Yep. When, when did it start? So what was the movement? Oh, it was the... Um, Church of Latter-day Saints. Latter-day Saints, yeah, correct, one. Uh, the top three countries with the highest Mormon population. United States is number one. Yep. 
Brazil? Yep. Uruguay. That's Mexico. Oh, shit! Sorry, I can't allow you that. That's fine. Uh, what year did Joseph Smith die? Nine, uh, 1844. Correct, that's two. And the centre of Mormon cultural influence is in which state? American state. Mm-hmm. Washington. Utah. Ah, big ball fuck ball two. bags. Two. Two. I'm happy with that. Quite happy with that. Okay. So Stu, your topic was Minsk. Yes. Here are your questions. Question one. Which country is Minsk capital of? Belarus. Correct. That's one. Stu, question two. Which year was the population one million nine hundred and eighty two thousand nine hundred and eighty two thousand four hundred and forty four? Nineteen ninety one. It was two thousand and eighteen. Question three, when was Minsk founded? 1036. 1066? Wait. What? 1066? 1067, sorry. Do apologise. Question four, when did it receive town privileges? 1499. Oh, correct. Well done. And question five, what is the Minsk website? I want the exact website. www.minskgovernment.org Unfortunately, it's www.minx.gov.by. So that's Stu is two all. Moving on to the tiebreakers. So Stu, do you want to give me the tiebreaker? Yeah, Al, the tiebreaker for you. The Utopian Society of the Righteous is known as what? The Big Fat Bollocks. Zion. Oh, so close. Stu, your tiebreaker is who is Minx's chairman? Zerkov. It's Vladimir Kukarev. Kukarev, yes, I fucking so read that, that earlier. I read that earlier and I forgot. Continue at 9 8. The thing I revised was the fucking year it was founded and the chairman. Yeah, I, I, the same with yours. I had, I knew Joe Smith, I knew when he died, and it was just. Oh, I what? revised that fucking chairman. I had it on the train yeah. and I've forgotten it. It's yeah. fucking boozing. He's been on a train, ain't he? Stu's been on a train. We've done a, a bit of pub crawl, haven't we, Steve? Before, we have, we've had two bars. We've got two, to the two pubs bar. around where I'm Then I we're going to go to the Newark Centre later, aren't we, Yeah. Yeah, here we, we are. are. I, 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 I told you, if I have a few drinks, yeah. I'll be up for going out. But we've got to get a, we've got a taxi, because I don't live in Newark. Nice, I live just the nice man at the um, Brewers. Bre- Bre- uh, uh, the Brew. Stu's <laughs> <laughs> just pumped. Um, it's the, the Brewers bar, but the guy, bar. The guy was shut from okay. 2 till 4, but he said, like, don't worry, lads, we'll let you in. He gave us a star prime, and yeah. it's free. So if, you ever, if you're ever in Fer, um, Fernwood, yeah. Which is south of Fernwood Village, south of Newark. There's a fir, there's the um, brew brew. I can't remember what his we'll, name we'll is. We'll post the link on our yeah, we'll Twitter page. It's a lovely one. little bar, and he let us have a drink even though they were closed. Mm. He, and he gave us a drink, and he was really nice when he stood. He was. He was sound. He was a lovely bloke. Um, but anyway, carrying on from that, we're gonna go there for a pint now after we've done this. Yeah. Um, so Stu and a pie. They do pies. They do pies. Yeah, pie so pie. I want to go back. So Stu, the next letter is N. Yes, I have given you Netflix. And you've got Neville Southall. Neville Southall. I'm happy with that. So Netflix birth is Neville Southall on the next episode of the Stu and Al pod. But now it is time to head down to the bloody bag of fucking nails. Isn't it right, bloody hell? Rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. Each week, me or Stu taking a uh, trip down to London to the Bag of Nails, and we meet someone down there who's always fucking brilliant. And this week, it was Stu's turn to go down the Bag of Nails. So, Stu, who did you meet down the Bag of Nails this week? I met Dr. Bertrand Thistlesnatch. That's a great name. He is a really good doctor. Uh, doctor of everything, really. Um... Dr. Fox. Doctor. Better than Dr. Fox. Better than Dr. Fox. Better than, better than Dr. Dre. Better than Dr. Anyone. Better than Dr. Carl Kennedy. Better than Dr. Carl Kennedy. Bloody hell, he's a pretty good old trainer. He's very, very, very good. And he's a very nice man. He was very friendly. He bought me a pint. He bought me two pints, actually. Two pints. Yeah, he's a very kind man. Uh, and here was his um, Tales of the Bag of Nails. Alright, here we go. Click. Alright, and the You wait. Yep. Yeah, good. <laughs> Alright. Okay. Dr. Yeah. Bertrand Fistle Snatch here. Don't take the piss out of the name. I've had it all my life. Don't. Just don't. Alright? But I'm not, but you can't hear me, so. Don't. I know you're here. I know you're listening. <laughs> we explain what happens. 
Yep. Just don't. It's my tales, right? I, I, I like this pub. Just leave me alone, you <laughs> fucking, you fucking bastard, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so just last week in my uh, surgery, a woman and a baby were in the doctor's, my doctor's examining room. Doctor arrived. Me, I examined the baby, checked his weight, seeming a little concerned as that the baby was breastfed or bottle fed. She said it was breastfed. The woman that was with the baby, she says breastfed. I said, fine. Could you strip down to your waist, please? She did. So, pinched the nipples, pressed, <laughs> kneaded, rubbed both breasts for a while in a detailed examination. Motion now to get dressed. I said, come on, carry on. So I said, look, no wonder this baby is underweight. You don't have any milk. And she said, well, I know I'm the grandma. <laughs> I'm glad I came. Lovely stuff. Ah, but these patients, Alex, they're um, they're really, really uh, ruining me. They are so. Ah, ah, so. <coughs> the guy came in the other day. He says my girlfriend is pregnant, but we always use protection and the rubber never broke. So how is this possible? So let me tell you a story. Um, there was once a hunter who always carried a gun wherever he went. Now one day he took out his umbrella instead of his gun, and he went out. A lion suddenly jumped in front of him. In order to scare the lion, the hunter used the umbrella like a gun, shot the lion, then it died. And the patient said, now, nonsense, someone else must have shot the lion. So I said, good, you understand the story. Next patient, please. <laughs> now, Al, did I ever tell you about the old lady that came to my surgery this time? No, you didn't. No? Well, well you can't hear me. This little old lady, um, she goes to me and she says, Doctor, I have this problem with passing gas. But it really doesn't bother me too much. It never smells and it's always silent. As a matter of fact, uh, I've passed gas at least 20 times since I've been here in your office. You didn't know I was passing gas because it doesn't smell and it's silent. So I say, um, okay, I see. Take these pills, come back to me next week. Uh-huh. So next week she comes back and she says, uh, I don't know what you gave me now, but my passing gas is still silent, but it stinks. I say, good. And I've got you... We got your sinuses cleared now. <laughs> now we're going to get to uh, start working on your hearing. Oh, God. Oh, huh? Speaking of hearing, the, uh, the patient the other day said, uh, uh, Doctor, I think I'm deaf. I said to him, well, describe me your symptoms. He said, well, Homer's <laughs> bald and Marge has got big blue hair. Go <laughs> <laughs> on to the best today, eh? A patient came in the other day, he said to me, uh, Doctor, I said, don't eat anything fatty. And he responded, what, like bacon and burgers? I said, no, 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 fatty. Don't eat anything. <laughs> and apparently, speaking to me, it was like a uh, patient came in and he said, um, I, I ate a bunch of Scrabble tiles. <laughs> well, I said to him, well, your next trip to the bathroom could spell disaster. <laughs> Uh, your man, your man here, he yeah. came up for his annual checkup. I said to him, I'm afraid you're going to have to stop masturbating. He said, why? I was like, because I'm trying to examine you. <laughs> you say, yeah, we all had that problem, don't we? Which explains to me that the, uh, the man that came in the other day, he came in running to me. He said, please, doctor, you got to help me. I've been stung by a bee. Yeah. I said, don't worry. I put some cream on it. He goes, you'll never find that bee, it must be miles by now. No. I said, no, 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 you don't understand. I put some cream on the place you were stung. He says, oh, it happened in the garden in the back of my house. I said, no, 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 come on. And which part of your body did the bee sting you? He said, oh, on my finger. Excuse me, man. The, the bee stung me on my finger and it really hurts. I said to him, which one? He said, how am I supposed to know? All bees look the same to me. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, now it's been really busy in the uh, surgery recently. Um, yeah. A woman walked in the other day and introduced herself. She says, "Hi, I'm Doctor Yvette Jones. I've just become an accredited psychiatrist, and uh, I'd love to work as part of your medical practice." Uh, now, despite some misgivings, uh, Doctor Jones, don't pardon the pun there. Yeah. Uh, she, I assured her that she'd be needed eventually. 
Uh, once I checked all the papers, um, you know, I set up an office and hey, fair, fair. fine. So next morning, the man came in to see me. He says, "Doctor, doctor, I feel like I'm a dog." Well, I said to him, "Ah, yes, okay, that's fine. You need to see a vet." <laughs> oh God! Ah, <laughs> uh, the old, the old man the other day. The old man, just before I leave you, out, the old man. He comes in to me for his uh, yearly checkup, and I see to him, well, as usual, uh, Phil Elf, Philly, Philly, his name's Philly. Yeah. Weird name, but um, I say to him, you need a blood sample, and I need a urine sample, a stool sample, and a semen sample, if that's possible. You know what he said to me? He said, why don't you just take my shorts? Oh, <laughs> disgusting. I see you guys, it's been a very good pub in this back nails here. I love the Guinness, it's really good outside of Ireland. And I'll see you all again soon. Well, thank you, Stu, for going down to the Bag of Nails. That will be my trip down next week. Obviously, we won't. We know, won't be another um, Jackie D because there was an incident in the last yes. episode. Shame. But I will be heading down there next week. And now it is time <coughs> for Mike Reed's Top Sips. In each episode. Stu finds a cassette tape with some top tips from Mike Reed on. So I'm going to pass it over to Stu now and tell us what he's found this week. Thank you, Alex. Uh, this is Mike Reed's this week's tape. Thank you. And here we go. Click. Hello, everyone. Mike Reed here again for another couple of top tips to get you through life. Right. Feeling alone on Valentine's Day. Okay. Well, why don't you just turn off the lights and watch a horror movie? You won't feel like you're alone anymore. <laughs> True. Right. Also, white t-shirts. They're a pain, aren't they? Who fucking knows? Well, what about if you get a stain on that shirt? Don't worry about it. Outline it with a uh, Sharpie pen. Give it a name. This will make it seem like you visit tropical islands. <laughs> Very rich. good. Stuff like that. <laughs> See how you get with him. Thanks, and Mike. And let me know, if you find out any of these Trevors that you call Trev now, then uh, please let us know. <laughs> See you later, lads. Still waiting for Trev, haven't we, Stu? We Though, Stu, if we're heading out later, I'm going to hug someone at a cash point. Mm. I think that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to, like, scream when I yawn just to let the deaf people know I'm not... Well, they won't hear you if you scream. You've got to give them a thumbs up. Thumbs up, that's fun. <laughs> I'm going to let the uh, deaf people know I'm okay by thumbs yeah, up right. when I yawn. So ah. Stu thus brings the end of episode 30, 33, fucking hell, Stu. Ah. Who thought we'd have that? We've recorded over many different places, you know. We've recorded yeah. in my old house. We were recording my parents' house. We recorded in Newcastle. Now we're recording my new apartment. So things are changing. O'Neill's. We're recording many different places. So we're hoping to continue that on from now on. Mm. So before we finish, and we've probably got a couple of things to say each, if you would like to contribute to the next episode, our next top three is top three British film directors. Get in contact. Or if you would like to add your favourite single from the year 1990, you can contact us via Instagram and Twitter. We are at Stu and Alpod. Or on email, stuandalpod at gmail.com. So, Stu, before we go, have you got anything exciting to tell us? No, I have nothing. So, Stu... What I, I'm slightly missing doing the um, the, uh, the uh, you know, frankly, my dear. So what I thought I'd do is I give you a quick quiz. Oh, and my do, dear, I missed that. I'm going to do ten voices. Oh, and I'm going to see if you can guess all ten voices. Mm -hmm. Okay, you ready? Mm -hmm. So here we go. Number one. Hey, Stuart. Mr. Walken. Yep, correct. Number two. Steward. Harold Bishop. Correct, that's two. Three. Hey! 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 What you saying? Hey! Phil Mitchell. Correct. Number four. Bruce Forsyth. Correct. Number five. Oh man, I didn't think he was. Cheryl Cole. Correct. Number six. Hey! Richard Wilson. Correct. Victor Meldrew. Richard. Yeah, Richard Wilson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Number seven. That's magic. Phil Daniels. Not Phil. Paul Daniels. Paul Daniels, correct. Number eight. 
Garlic bread. PK. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Number nine. Oh, I like biscuits. Sarah Millican. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she was really good on uh, Mot the Wheat. Uh, yeah, no, what I like to. And final number 10. Hey, Alex, you've been a bit of an idiot. Go to the headmaster. Uh, Bob Garroth? No. Do it again. Alex, go to the headmaster. You've been a naughty boy. Jamie Carragher? No, it's Mr. Davey, our year six class teacher. Look at me, Alex! So that is the end of episode 33. Alison Marsh, remember her, year four? Yeah, good great time. Teacher, great teacher. Right, so we would like to say goodbye. Sheila Smart, year Still, three. Yeah. Mrs. Bumpkin. Yeah, year two. Right. Where we met. Three, two, one. Goodbye. Bye. See you at the club.